Let's go to the show notes. Where is Safari? Squarespace.com. Mm. As you're old-fashioned, I'm proud of you. I'm still not drinking. I'm a terrible host. Every Tuesday now. Good for you. Even though I have to be up early tomorrow. Why? I'm going to get, going to get my beard cut and my hair and my hair did. <laughs> when, when I read the tweet, I was I thought to myself, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what it's be. Oh, my word. So this is this like the whole thing. It's like I knew. I knew I had to say it because if I didn't say <laughs> it, so right, true. that I would be inundated. And, and you were still inundated. I, I was. I oh, still yeah. was. Nobody on the internet constant. knows how to read. It's ridiculous. No, no, they do. They they read it, but they they still reply to me. I mean, and I'm looking at the picture, and it's ridiculous in the picture. With respect, uh, it's a little on the unkempt side of things. Yeah, and and this has been basically I've been stuck between two conferences in this scenario. So like I had it done just before San Francisco, and then it didn't grow unruly until like the end of July. Mm-hmm. Because you get a bit of time with it, you know, and it was growing large, but it grows unruly, right? That's the second stage. So I could have had it done in end of July, or just wait it out. And I decided to wait it out because it costs forty five pounds. Oh, God. that's yeah. that's a significant expenditure. Yeah, I will be dropping one hundred pounds at the barbers tomorrow to get my hair and beard done. Oh, my word. That's insane. It's funny because, you know, the listeners can't see this, but, uh, you know, your Skype picture is one of the pictures that you used for quite a long time. It looks like you at a conference or a wedding or some such, and um, you're wearing a light blue button-up shirt. Um, You're wearing it even with the top button buttoned, which you can pull off, but I cannot, unless I have a tie-on, of course. Um, And you have a beard, but it's it's fairly short, especially as compared to uh, the mini Dalrymple you're sporting today. Um, but I think it looks good. I'd still love to see you uh, clean-shaven clean sometime. I think that would be hysterical in so far as no I, I would be so taken aback by it and so surprised by it. But anyways, I like this beard. The 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 th- creature I saw earlier today I am less enamored with, but I know it makes you happy and that's all that matters. So there are sometimes... Where I look in the mirror and I love what I see. <laughs> Is this a general because, statement or just with regard to the beard? With regard to my beard. Okay. When, when I'm looking in the mirror, most of the time I'm looking at my beard. Okay. And I see this huge, at the moment, like a huge thing looking back at me. And I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. But then there are other times where, and this has been happening a lot more over the last maybe 10 days, where I look at it and I'm like, holy moly. Because <laughs> at this length, it gets unruly. You can ha- I, I currently have bad hair days on my face. <laughs> that is a thing that is happening to me at the moment. That's, that's fantastic. it's kind of crazy. Uh, but I will be... If you remind me to do this... Uh, but I will, because I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to the tweet. I'll take a picture tomorrow after I have it done. I, I mean, it's like one of those things. That. Whenever I do this, whenever I, because I've done this before, like before and after, I always still get people that say to me, ah, it's too long. But like, you know, whatever, I don't care. Stop criticizing my appearance. Um, I I love that I have a beard. Uh, and I, but I appreciate that right now it's madness. It's it's too much. <laughs> but this isn't a choice. This isn't how I want to wear it, right? But it's just 
I didn't want to pay £90 when I didn't need to, right, to have it done twice. That makes sense. It's it's funny. Now, what does Adina think about the, like, madness beard? She knows it needs to be done now, but it doesn't it doesn't bother her any more than it bothers me. Because she feels in the same way that's, well, putting words in her mouth, that at the moment, some days it looks good, but some days it looks really bad. But that's just until I get it trimmed. But, like, she was the one who encouraged me to grow it. Like, from what... Uh, from like what it was is basically just very light, a light covering. Like I just had like a long stubble, basically, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> to then like what you see in my Twitter picture is like this, the beginning of this journey. I, yeah, I hear you. I don't know. It's, it's funny to me because I hadn't noticed until recently, maybe because of you, I don't recall why, but I hadn't noticed until recently that beards are very in in America. I would presume they've been in for like a year and a half in the UK, but um, I've only noticed it as being a really, really big thing here in America in the last six months to a year. But I don't know. I'm not a particularly fashion conscious kind of guy. Well, anyways, I've noticed it's very in. And for me to be a clean shaven man, you know, that's that's almost awkward and weird right now because it's very trendy to have a beard. So you definitely are on the right side of this coin. I'm just I don't know. I'm not a not a beard kind of guy for myself personally. I don't think you need to be. But, like, I, I mean, I don't really subscribe to being clean-shaven. I don't know. I just think whatever. Like, just have a little bit. But, uh, I mean, I, I love that I have one. I like being part of the club. <laughs> part of the club. There's a club, oh, man. Si- some being serious. Beard. People who are serious about their beards, right, understand this. If you If you go to the lengths to grow a beard, right, not just have facial hair, to grow a beard, if you see someone in the street who also has a good beard, you acknowledge that. How does that work? Is it like the head, the, the tilt upward of the chin, like the yo? Or is it a, is it like a high five? How Do you pet each other's beards? How does this work? Just light, light stroking. Um, <laughs> sometimes I comb people. No, it, go, it, it for me anyway, This is it comes in many forms. Sometimes it is a nod. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just looking. So I look at someone's beard and they look at my beard. Because sometimes I am so taken aback by the gloriousness of another man's beard. I haven't <laughs> even got the time to acknowledge him. All I can do is look at his beard. Like oh I, I sometimes, we can be, me and Adina can be talking like we were on the train this morning. I saw a guy at the platform and I had to stop our conversation to point, her, point this beard out to her. Because it was, it was amazing. He had like a full on moustache as well as a big beard. Like I can't get like the thick moustache. Uh, it, was, it was beautiful. Gosh, that's that's intense. So is Dalrymple like the pinnacle to you, or is that not a little too far for you? That's too much. I mean, look, Jim's beard is beautiful in its own way. It, it, it's beautiful in its insanity. Right, but it's not for right? you is what you're saying. But it's that's not the way that, that I would have a beard, no. Because he grows his beard for probably similar reasons, but different ones, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like his beard is like a thing that he's had and he grows it, but like so the the thing about I think maybe why people are drawing comparisons to me and Jim right now is not in length, it's in unruliness. Because Jim's <laughs> beard is unruly. And my hair, my facial hair grows a little bit like Jim's in that and unless it's taken care of, as it will be tomorrow, it kind of grows a bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. One of the things that makes this photo worse of me and Joe Steele, we'll talk about Joe in a bit, uh, is I have my mouth open, so it actually 
So, because a lot of the hair is like under my chin. Sure. So as I open my mouth like that, it pushes it all to the front. Makes it <laughs> Oh God! All right. So um, now that we've discussed beards and your plans for your beard, um, we I should... could keep going for about another half an hour on this, but I appreciate that it's probably time to move on. I will do whatever makes you happy, darling. But if I were to pose a vote, I would say we should do some follow up. As we as. Uh, again, I'm just going to say this to you because I know you care about these things. I just hit hit thirteen thousand Twitter followers. Oh, you did? Yeah. I need to get you thirteen thousand luft balloons. You do. You missed out. I mean, you, wait for fifteen and then do it. Then you are creeping up on me. I swear it's gonna you're gonna cross me at some point. Oh, you no. are. As we record on this uh, first night of September, or at least for me, it, it's not for you anymore, but it is for me. Um, you are at exactly 13,000 followers on the nose. Uh, see, I think this is now the closest we've been because in the past, it's always been about 2,500, but it's now 2,000 is the difference between us. Yeah, I'm sitting at, well, it's 2,023, strictly speaking, but that is, to your point, much closer than it's ever been. And I think that you will end up passing me. I think I told you the other day, I, I will go on record that I think you will pass me by year's end. No, I don't think it'll be that soon. No way. I'm not, I'm not gaining at that kind of speed. I think it's going to pick up. I really do. We'll see. I don't see why it would happen. Unless you've got something planned. Have no. you bought me followers? Have you done one of those scenarios? No, but I have a friend, a very, very dear friend, who definitely is an interesting guy. Um and he deserves plenty of Twitter followers. But he has like 30,000 or something like that. And I said to him, I was like, holy crap, how did you get that many followers? And he said, so, like some of his friends or whatever just did that as a prank. And apparently 11 gazillion followers cost like 15 cents. And so they did that just to mess with him. And so apparently the overwhelming majority of his Twitter followers, or so he claims, maybe he's just being humble, are like robots or purchased followers or whatever. Was that John? Syracuse? No. Mm. It's my friend Brad uh, that I've known forever and a day. Uh, actually, Brad and Marco are the two people that I still talk to that I've known the longest that are not related to me. Um, and so Brad's the one that we go see every year. Actually, Marco and I go see every year. Um, and we typically go to this winery that he's a member of. We didn't get to do that this year, but um, we did get to see him. Um, but I've known Brad and Marco around the same amount of time. I hope to one day surpass them both. In terms of followers? In terms of uh, knowing you the longest. I'm not sure that how that's going to work unless one of them passes away, but but you you do what you got to do to make that happen. I keep fighting the good fight, man. Keep fighting the good fight. All right, let's do some follow-up. So we had – this is weird to me in, a, in an interesting way. So, I mean, the follow-up always comes in for this show at very peculiar intervals because of how far in advance we record it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I received two emails this morning about episode 54 mm-hmm. about the same thing. Yep. So Bradley emailed and said, on episode 54, you spoke about the ages of your listeners. And I just wanted to write in and say that I am a 13-year-old and a big fan of Relay FM. You have many listeners uh, of a wider diver- diversity than you think. And then Dan wrote in and said, In Analog 54, you were speculating about the age of your audience. I'm a 65-year-old retired engineer. In addition to Analog, I also subscribe to Cortex, Clockwise, Connected, Mac Power users, Reconcilable Differences, Depend Addict, and Upgrade. All the great shows, you may say. Um, I would like to thank thank both Brad and Dan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you Brad, Brad, uh, even <laughs> though you wrote in as Bradley. 
Well, that's how close we are. I want to thank you both for being listeners of our shows. Uh, and I'm happy that you are both there to widen the average a little bit. 13 and 65. Yeah, it's that got is... to be widening the average. Because what did we say? The 18 to 25 bracket, we thought? I thought we said 18. I thought we said like college to 35 is what I had said. You might have said something different. But I thought I said to like from college to about 35, maybe 40 was what I thought was the overwhelming majority. Now, that still may be true. But to your point, Bradley slash Brad and Dan are uh, tugging at either end of that spectrum in, in the most positive way possible. Um, I don't find it entirely surprising that that someone, especially a retired engineer, would stumble upon this program. But for a 13-year-old to stumble upon this, I, I don't mean this in a dismissive way, and I hope it doesn't come across that way. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, when I was 13, I could, I feel like I could barely you know, walk without help. And I, of course, I'm exaggerating. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if when I was 13, I would have had the wherewithal to, to found podcasting and, and kind of get into all that. And so I really think it's impressive and awesome that Bradley is capable of doing that. Well, see, I'm sounding dismissive. I'm sorry, Bradley. Yeah. But you, know, you know what I'm driving at. I'm just impressed. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, I mean, it wasn't around when I was that age. Well, wasn't that just a couple years ago? (laughs) What's the age difference between me and you? It's like three or four years. It's really not that much. I just, I, the problem is, is that you are, you are not yet 30. Is that correct? You are 28, 29, something like that. I always get it wrong. I think I'm 27. Who knows? Are you really? What? Hold on. I'm going to. 1988, I was born. Oh, I thought you were 86. Oh God, you are younger than I thought. So, yeah, so there are um, six years between us. And so it's enough that it it's enough that we aren't like in the same decade, you know, in, insofar as I am in my 30s and you are in your 20s. And so even though it's really not that big a difference, it just feels big to me. I don't know. Um, and, you know, River Tessa in the chat is saying, so cool to find other people, both young and old, listening to podcasts like this. That was the not dismissive yes. version of what I was trying to say a minute ago. So Good thank work. you. Go team go. Uh, I wanted to just thank everybody who has written in with various suggestions about how to tackle the music problem. Um, I'm happy to report that we haven't had any bad scenarios of this in the last week. Um, there has been audible music next door but not crazy, crazy loud, which I can live with. I don't mind if I can hear their music if it's a, a respectable time of day. Um, I like. I've, I just want to thank everybody who sent in their suggestions about that kind of stuff. Uh, that was very helpful, and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that did it. And I also want to continue to thank, and I don't speak about this stuff too much on the show just because talking about it still depresses me a little bit. Uh, everybody that continues to send in feedback to me and suggestions and advice about house buying, um, the saving process is going really well. I added a significant chunk of money to the savings today, which I'm very proud of myself for doing. Uh, and so that's it's trundling along, and Adina is doing a fantastic job researching areas. Um, we are getting closer and closer. Uh, fingers crossed, as long as we can find a place, I think it's going to be before the end of the year. Wow. That's yep. that's impressive and aggressive. Good for you. There's some schemes and stuff that we're able to take a part of. Um, or hopefully this is the thing right so that there are schemes in the UK for example there is one I think it's called help to buy and the help to buy scheme is a government backed scheme where instead of needing to find a 10% deposit for our home we put down a 5% deposit the government loans us 20% hmm. so then we have a 25% deposit 
so we can buy a house faster and at a better rate of mortgage. And then after like five years or something, you start paying the government back. But Wait, so you don't you don't owe the government anything for the first five years, but presumably you owe the bank on the other what eighty some percent that you borrowed. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, we do owe them. We just don't pay them. Well, we're the sorry. Right. 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 But then what most people do and what we'd probably do is you move within the first five years because it's just to start a place anyway, right? So you move in the first five years, then you pay the government back their 20% of whatever the property value is. They take, still take 20%. It's not the same amount. Um, and then you take what you get out of it, like your deposit back and uh, any money you've accrued in the from having it on the mortgage, and you go buy another place. But so that's, prob- that's hopefully because it's only like certain developers, certain properties are applicable ones. So we're trying to find one of those that fits us in a good area. If we can do that, we should be able to do it. Because basically, I think we'll have enough for our five percent deposit by the end of next month. Wow, that's awesome! That's really awesome. You should be really darn uh, happy with yourself. And I am. Um, and it's funny because when you said there's a scheme we can be a part of, this is one of those things that those unexpected differences between the UK and the US. In that, to me, I thought that was something a little shady and a little um, not on the up and up, which isn't your style. So I was like, where is he going with this? But I think to you guys, it's just this is a uh, thing scheme, that they've set up. Scheme has uh, negative connotations as well as positive connotations here. It's just the context in which they're being used. Gotcha. Yeah. This is a government scheme. It's not always negative here, but overwhelmingly it typically is. And that's your fun fact for the day. I think if the word scheme comes with government before it, people tend to assume it's on the up and up. Gotcha. Well, fair enough. All right. So why don't you tell us about something that's awesome? This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Hover. Hover is my favorite way, and it's the best way to buy domain names. It's been my place of choice for years when it comes to giving a name to something Hover.com is one of the first places I go. And it's not just like, oh, I've had an idea for a name. Let me go to Hover. Like, I go to Hover to help me come up with ideas. I go to Hover to help me brainstorm ideas because you need a domain. So, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time trying to come up with the perfect name. And then I go and see if the domain's available and it's not. So, you know, I, I consider the domain process, as many people do, as an as a extremely important part of coming up with a name for any project, website, or idea that you have. And when you do want to make those searches, you want them to be easy. And that's what Hover is all about. You just go straight to Hover.com, you type either the domain you're looking for or some keywords, and they will make suggestions to you. They'll easily show you what's available. You can select what options you want, TLD-wise. So, like, do you want .com, .co, .me, .co.uk, .net... Dot sexy, dot fish, dot CEO, <laughs> uh, whatever you want, Hover have got it. Um, whether you want it for a serious URL or for a joke URL, I think some of the best jokes are made via URLs. <laughs> uh, some of my favorites, anyway. And Hover have all of them, and they have great prices as well. They have over 200 different options of TOD, and their .com start at $12.99. And all of Hover's domains uh, include who is privacy, where the domain supports it. So they'll just give that to you for free because they believe that your private information should be private. Casey, if you heard of Hover Connect, I have, but let's pretend I haven't. Okay, Casey, let me tell you all about Hover Connect, that thing you haven't heard of, which is really awesome. Uh, What Hover Connect is, is one of the things that I find most tricky um, about starting a about setting up a new domain is like the MX records and the C names and all that stuff that you have to add into the domain admin stuff to get it to point to your new website or to your website. 
Hover know how difficult this is. They have been building something that they hope will, and definitely, I think, will make things easier for people. So you now go to the domain admin panel once you've bought your domain, and you can select the service that you use. They support tons, including Squarespace, Tumblr, Shopify, just so many more. It's a massive list. So you select what you're going to connect it to, and Hover will automatically amend all of your DNS records for you. No more copying and pasting and setting things up. No more getting things wrong like I did, and you end up with a scenario where you email email doesn't come to you for two weeks like this stuff is all just dealt with it's all taken care of they make it as simple as they possibly can i've never seen anybody else do this uh, and i think it's super super awesome and this is all on top of hover's great customer support they have their no hold no wait no transfer telephone support um, they have great email support great guides on their website for all kinds of stuff as well i love hover i think you will too if you need to buy a domain you should be going to hover.com and using the code Marty, M-A-R-T-Y <laughs> at checkout, Marty, and you will get 10% off your first purchase at Hover.com and show your support for this show. Thank you so much to Hover for sponsoring today's episode of Analog. So I have to throw in some uh, previously unplanned FU. Uh, this past weekend, Aaron and I um, had a little time away from Declan and we ended up um, just deciding to watch a movie. weren't really sure what movie we wanted to watch. And Aaron is lagging a little bit behind on listening to Analog. And she said, you know what? I don't remember Sneakers. Let's just watch that. And that's what we did. And she liked it. Marty. 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 <laughs> anyway, why don't you tell me about what Dave wrote in? Dave said... Uh, I've just been listening to your discussions around Airbnb. I quite understand your reservations, pun intended, uh, about using the service. <laughs> A few months ago, I probably would have echoed them. What has changed for me is becoming an Airbnb host. My wife and I decided to list our spare rooms early in the summer, and it has been great both financially and with regard to the lovely people we've met. Here's some specific feedback on some things I think you've mentioned. So Dave has three points here, Casey, and I thought that we could maybe talk about each one. Okay. So, first, Airbnb uses an eBay-style trust system. Guests and hosts are star-rated and reviewed after stays. When an Airbnb host can't... Uh, sorry, while an Airbnb host can't be fired like any other establishment, they can be put out of business by bad reviews. If someone isn't changing the sheets or doesn't keep the place clean, then their reviews will show them up. So, I understand this. But these kinds of systems are predicated on the fact that bad things have to happen before you know there's a bad thing about someone. Yep. Which I get the idea of like the trust and honor system, but I don't want to have to be the person who has to leave the bad review. Right. And it's not like anyone... Same of hotels, but... Oh, sure. And, and it's not like anyone has ever figured out a way to game like a, a Yelp or Travelocity or, uh, or TripAdvisor. That's what I was thinking of. Nobody's ever gamed any of those review sites, right? That's never happened to Amazon, has it? Point number two. Uh, while I do have access to the guest rooms, my guests also have access to the whole of my house. The nature of Airbnb is that the hosts may not always be home when guests are there. Some hosts may impose rules to avoid this, but we decided that would be too hard to manage. Interesting thought that, yeah, it's kind of maybe worse for the host because that person is in your home. Yeah. And, I mean, you, they could trash it, but um, from what I've understood, and if you think about it, it's really an Airbnb's best interest to make things right if somehow your house gets trashed. Um, because, obviously, it's going to make you know national, if not inter international, news if 
you say to Airbnb, oh my God, these people trash my house. What do you, what am I going to do? And Airbnb says, kindly go outside and play hide and go screw yourself. You know, that, that will make news. So I think there's a little bit of a safety net in that regard, but once your house has been tainted like that by way of being destroyed by someone you didn't know, or if you've ever had a break in happen, it's hard to ever really get past that. You know, it's, it's like, Something is uh, some switch is flipped and and it's really hard to flip it back the way it was. So I understand that there's a safety net here, but still, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I trust people that much. If you're staying somewhere you haven't been before, staying with people who live there gives you access to specialist knowledge that you may not get from a hotel, which can really enhance your visit. I understand this as well, but then also think about concierge services in hotels. Yeah, and I think that you will always get a more individual and more um, interested response from a host, at least the way I envision it. But I've had some really great concierge experiences. In London, I've had one, in fact. Um, And also, if you're willing to do something that's more along the lines of 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 a bed and breakfast... Um, those can be just as phenomenal while still being more traditional, more established businesses. And yes, I'm sure someone is writing in right now saying, I had the most terrible bed and breakfast experience ever. My Airbnb experiences have all been flawless. There are exceptions to every rule. But as a quick example, when um, the Armin's and Aaron and I were in Florida, eh, Florida, good grief, were in Germany, um, we stayed at what I think was really kind of a bed and breakfast, even though it called itself a hotel. And it, there were only like 10 or 15 rooms in the whole place. And when we showed up, we had a reservation, but we had never told them when we were arriving. And we showed up and, and the, the woman of the couple that owned the hotel met us at the door and showed us to our rooms and said, oh, would you like something to eat? You know, because my husband's a really great cook and, I'll, and I can, you know, get you something f- from the kitchen. And she ended up being our waitress. And it was a really, really awesome experience. And she made us feel super duper welcome. So... I think a lot of that would happen with an Airbnb from what I've gathered from friends who have done it, but it is not exclusive to an Airbnb either. So uh, finally, Dave uh, tops off this by saying, while we could have had some issues, so far we've had none. We've met some really interesting people, some of whom have stayed with us for multiple weeks because of their personal circumstances. We have our guest cookers meals, paella cooked by a Spaniard, yum, uh, and we have had great discussions with interesting people. I appreciate this feedback from Dave. Uh, it is nice feedback, it is considered feedback. It still hasn't changed anything about how I feel <laughs> about Airbnb. No, I completely agree. Because Dave seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. But that's Dave. Yep, I completely agree. And plus, I mean, I, we were mostly talking about it on from the perspective of those um, staying in someone else's place. I don't know if I would ever want somebody to stay in my house, like somebody I didn't know, a stranger. Um, even if I was getting paid for it, gosh, that seems just awkward to me. And, and I'm not saying that Dave is wrong by any stretch of the imagination. If anything, I'm the weird one here. But golly, that's just... I don't know. It's crossing lines that maybe are all in my head, but they're still in my head, and I don't want to jump across them. Let's switch gears. All right. Is this really happening? Is this really a thing this time? Yeah, we're switching gears. It's time to it's time to change gears. It's time to shift. Are we doing that topic? Yeah. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're sitting down. 
If you're in a, if you're in an automobile, you should already be buckled up, but see if you can buckle the next seatbelt over also. This topic that we're about to talk about, which I am now overhyping, has been in the show notes for literally two or three months. Every single episode, it was in the section of the show notes where we thought we were going to talk about it during the episode. And for easily six weeks, it has been bumped out every single episode. But ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's happening tonight. I can't. We might as well not do it this week now. <laughs> yeah, I've way, I've hyped way it oversold so it. much. It's way not. It's not that it. big of a topic, really. So months ago now, Andrew wrote in and said this: in his old job, Mike presumably talked, uh, spoke face to face with people much more frequently. He probably talks to people way more now, but all via Skype. I'm wondering how it's been talking to people all day, only to be done with work and still be by himself. Like, not getting the physical aspect of having a conversation with someone. Is it weird that he's trying to find ways to interact with more people uh, in real life? I was thinking about it because I used to talk to way more people face-to-face than I do now, and he is likely the extreme end of that case. So, I've been. this has just been something I've been wanting to talk about for a bit as my feelings and thoughts of this have evolved and morphed over time. But one of the reasons I thought I wanted to bring it up today is today I had two meetings with friends in London, which is a rare thing to happen. So I met uh, Joe Steele, a friend of the show, one of the only guests of this show, uh, the only surprise guest. Well, no, <laughs> actually one of three surprise guests. That's true, to be fair. Um, which is that's a crazy number of surprise guests uh, of this show. And, you know, we, we love Joe. And Joe is in London uh, on his way throughout many places in Europe and we met for coffee this morning and then I went straight from that to have a brunch with CGB Grey um, so I've had two experiences today where I have met people that are my friends um, in the real world weird a rare, it's a rare enough occurrence uh, it's extremely rare for it to be two in one day so that happened today so I'm going to talk about this so we can go. We can come back to those parts in a moment, but I want to try and frame this a little bit into my like current state of mind in this and my current thoughts and feelings about this topic. So I haven't at any point in the what is getting close to a year since I left my job. Holy moly! Um, I have not ever one day missed being in an office surrounded by about fifty people. You don't miss that at all? I do not miss that at all. Hmm. I feel like I would. I I mean, I don't know what it's like not to have to go to an office every weekday, but I feel like I would miss it. I feel like I would miss that that interaction. So tell me more. Well, I just don't miss the noise. I tell you what I don't miss the most, and what I'm happy that I, I don't have to listen to anymore is people having annoying conversations that I don't want to listen to but can't help but hear. Mm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, how, being able to get rid of that is a, just a beautiful thing for me because that was something that really, really used to grind me down over time. Like over, you know, I, if I was like a specifically annoying person who had annoying traits and I would have to listen to them being annoying, that would really annoy me over time. Yeah. Uh, 
probably more than it should have done and that was maybe a little bit more just to speak about my general mental state at that time as I was just becoming more and more fed up with what I was having to do every day right so like I I my fuse was very short um so that, not having to have that around me anymore is awesome I love that now you said you worked in kind of like a bullpen is that right like you didn't have your own office you didn't have a cubicle or if you did it was not terribly private, is that fair to say? Didn't have a cubicle. Uh, I was on a bank of desks, um, which was, I think, when I left, six to a side. But it was in a floor, an open plan office on a floor. And there was like, you know, I was surrounded by 50 to 100 people, depending on the day. Just on my one side of the four-sided floor, right? Oh, no, thank you. That sounds terrible. See, the one thing I don't like about the... um the office where I work in terms of like physical layout is that our, our team really loves what we call team rooms, which basically means you go into a conference room with the people working on the particular project you're working on. And that's where you spend all day. So you're, you know, it's everyone around a conference room table and you're just within 10 feet of everyone you're working with all day long. Sometimes that's wonderful because when you got when when the team is really firing on all cylinders and really 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 clicking it's awesome because you don't have to im people or email people or call people to get their attention or to ask for them to do something for you just say you know hey mike can you do that thing real quick but most of the time i find it to be woefully distracting and very very uncomfortable and in that sense i can totally imagine how working from home full time would be a tremendous upgrade I also don't have to hear things that annoy me. Yep. Phrases that annoy me. So, for example, if you've listened to the most recent episode of Reconcilable Differences, mm-hmm. where John and Merlin are talking about like business speak mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, that was the sort of stuff that I had to listen to constantly. And now I don't have to listen to anymore, which makes me very happy because, again, it was something that just used to grind my gears. Uh, and I'm happy that I don't have to deal with that kind of stuff anymore as well. You know, um, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but we can circle back to it later. So why don't we just put it in the parking lot for now? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> uh, having Adina move in here helped a lot. Um, so? And that is a help, I think, at times in a good and bad way. <laughs> okay. Tell me more and tread lightly. No, no. You, you'll see what I mean. When she comes home... There's a new person in the house. Mm-hmm. So it's nice for me because it's like, hey, new person. I'm like a dog or something, right? <laughs> ah, she's home. Um, but I think in the same vein, having that changeover has led to me being in scenarios where I don't feel like I need to leave the house. Interesting. Okay. Right? Um, where it's like, you know, oh, there's a new person here. So it's great. Like, you know, this happens every day. Like, there's a change and I'm not on my own anymore. Yeah, I can understand that. I don't know. I I feel like if it were me, I'd still want to go out and like have lunch with people or like you did with CGP Grey today and have brunch with people. I think it's also easier for me to say that because it's a very, very easy and short trip to meet up with any of my local friends. But um, I just I feel like I would still want to go out to lunch, you know, once or twice a week and just keep keep in contact and keep in touch with people I don't see all the time. So on that 
idea, so I did have those two meetings today, and it was really lovely to meet Joe. Um, I have been a fan of Joe's for a long time. He is a great guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was very happy that we got to share a coffee this morning, and I had a cookie, and he had a muffin (laughs) of some description. I don't know what was in that thing. I didn't ask. And we got to speak about London and what he thought of his time, and we spoke a little bit about podcasting obviously um and trips and it was it was a very fast conversation um because we only had a very short period of time because i was uh, i had plans and he had plans like his plans were going to another country uh so he had to deal with that so we didn't have a lot of time together but i'm it's one of those scenarios where i'm really really glad that we were both able to have find the time to do that um, and it was one of those, like, just the little little uh, meetings that I'm very pleased that I was able to do, especially because uh, I found out very last minute, so Joe didn't tell me, and I didn't know that Joe was coming, and a friend of the show, Marco Sevich, told me that Joe was coming to town, and then I had to convince Joe to spend some time with me. <laughs> it was effectively how that one went down. Nice. Because Joe was just being too nice. So I'm very pleased that I was able to find out that he was in town because I would have been very sad uh, to realize that he was here and not have planned anything. So that was really, I'm really pleased that he was able to do that. Um, and then I went to meet Gray for lunch. Um, and we, we, me and Gray, I guess maybe meet like once a month, like if he's ever in the country. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, he spends like six months of the year in Dallas Airport, I think. Uh and so we like to do that. I mean, my problem with those days is I drink like 12 coffees. Just consume so much coffee. When I meet people for lunch, like I tend to have like one coffee a day, but I had like three today. That's way too much for me. You don't sound um, that wired right now. I'm surprised. Now, to be fair, it is, what is it, almost one in the morning where you are. But still, you would think for three coffees, you would still have a little little bit uh, of edge to you. Well, I've got one of these guys. So nice. that's chilling me down. Chilling me down. Nice. Um, but it felt great to to meet with people. I mean, I like doing that, and and I try to do more of it. I try and make plans like that, but it they're not imperative to me. The the thing isn't like that. I feel like I have to meet people. I just want to spend time with people I care about. So it's not like I feel like I have to have these lunches to keep me sane, mm-hmm. but I enjoy having them. Does that make sense? Sure. Do you? Do you feel like you either get an itch if you haven't had one of these lunches in several weeks, or do you perhaps not get the itch but think to yourself, man, I haven't really left the house during the workday to socialize in a while. Maybe I should call up CGP Gray, or maybe you know I should see the next time Matt Alexander's in town, or you know what have you, and, and kind of compel yourself to do it. For me, it's completely related to the person and not the activity. Okay. So you might say, well, I haven't seen Gray in a while. I'm going to call him up and see if he's available. Yes. Gotcha. Well, you wouldn't call CGP Gray, but you know what I mean. He called me once. Were you very, very scared? Yeah, because we've never (laughs) met before. Oh, even more so. Yeah. It's another story for another time. Uh, I have some other stuff that I want to talk about, like in regards to co-working and things like that. But let me just uh, let me take a break. Please. 
This week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, you can start building your website today at squarespace.com and you want to use the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding required. By the use of their intuitive and easy-to-use tools, you can make your website look and feel exactly how you want. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology powering your site and to ensure security and stability. And this is why they are trusted by millions of people around the world and some of the largest companies that you would ever want to come into contact with. Squarespace powers many, many websites for many, many, many people. All of their templates are really great to look at. They all feature responsive web design built right in, so they're going to look great on all manner of devices. And they're really, really awesomely customizable. So you can pick from one of their templates. You can mix and match fonts and drag and drop all the things around and the colors and the logos. Uh, you, you can go, go for days and days if you want to customizing one of your Squarespace uh, templates, but you really don't have to also if you don't want to because they're super simple to set up. You can just choose from a couple of different customizations and you're good to go. This is just getting Squares. This is just getting started with Squarespace. They have tons of other awesome features like 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have their commerce platform, which allows anyone to add a store to a, uh, their Squarespace site in just a few clicks. They have their cover page functionality to build great-looking single-page websites. Their dev platform to allow people to jump in and tinker around with the code if they want to make some changes. You can do that if you want to. And also, if you sign up for one of their annual plans, you'll get yourself a free domain name as well. Squarespace plans do start at just 8 dollars a month and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required and start building your own website today by going to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up make sure that you use the offer code feels f-e-e-l-s at checkout you're going to get yourself 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for this show squarespace build it beautiful excellent so co-working mm-hmm. uh i go to my co-working space every now and then um so I am around people in those scenarios. Uh, I'm I belong to a uh, an organization that has like four or five different locations. Uh, three or four of them are in London, and one of them's in another city in the UK. Um, and I recently found a new one of the of the ones that I, I haven't been to. Um, so I've been going to a new location, which I much prefer. Um, and I like being there as just being out of the house. Yeah. And working from a different location, I never speak to people. Uh, I had one instance where uh, a fan and listener came up and uh, recognized me. Um, and he was a great guy. His name was uh, Evan, I believe. Um, and we had a really great chat. Uh, and we spoke about things that, that we liked and things that we don't like. Uh, but that was as far, but that's as much as I've ever had that kind of stuff. Um, I don't start conversations with people at my co-working space. I don't go to my co-working space to be around people. I go there as a place to just do some stuff, right? To to go and do some work and to, in, to enjoy the location that I'm in. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It does. Do you find that most of the people at the co-working space tend to kind of um, keep to themselves? Or do you find that most of them are in like small groups or something along those lines? Guy's name is Chad. I don't know where I thought of Evan. Um, in most instances, those people are actually in teams, small teams. 
So mm-hmm. the co-working spaces that I am at, they they are populated mainly by small teams of people and the and the occasional individual. Mm-hmm. So they're interacting with each other, right? Because they're working together. Um, but it's just not something that I feel like I need to really want to do. Uh, like maybe like if I was going to this place like every day, right? Then like I might end up like building a relationship with the occasional person here or there. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know if I ever really see the same people. So yeah. like I haven't been at all this week. Uh, last week I went one time. The week before that I was there like four days. It changes for me on a on a week to week basis, depending on my schedule as to how often I go out. But one of the things for me is uh, I am finding now that if I am spending long stretches of time at home, this has only happened within the last month or so, that I start to feel like I'm going a little bit crazy. I can understand that. I think that makes sense. So I I like the fact that I can get out and about and just be out, right? Because if I'm home for five days, I feel like I'm going to go mad. Yeah, that I would be the same way. You know, on the on the rare occasions that we get enough snow in Virginia to like kind of shut down our area, like the first day, it's like, ooh, this is exciting and different. The second day, it's like, okay, well, this is still kind of exciting and different. By the third day, it's like, oh God, can we please leave the house? Um, so I I t- totally sympathize with you there. When you're at your co working space, do you have specific tasks that you save for when you're at co working? Um, I know you've talked a lot on um, Cortex among other places about your beloved new mouse and about your Wacom 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 whatever you call it tablety thing. Um, what, do you do you take that stuff with you when you go? Like how does that all work? I take my MacBook Pro with me. And if I know I have a show to edit, because sometimes I will edit a show, like mm. I might work on like reconcilable differences or something from my co-working space, uh, I will do that there. It's a nice environment to be in, so I'm not just staring at my wall uh, for a couple of hours whilst listening to the show and editing the show. Um, but more often than not, it I can do pretty much anything from the co-working space except record, which I wouldn't do. Sure. So, Aside from that, like pretty much all of my tasks can be done from my MacBook Pro if I have the files I need, right? But you so don't like, take any extra special hardware other than maybe like nah, a mouse. I take a mouse, that's it. Mm-hmm. So like um, I – oh, and some headphones. I have some nice headphones. Naturally. Mm-hmm. When I was doing behind the app, like that, I would just had too many files that I was working with on local drives. Um that I didn't want to be having to move them backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Sure. Um, and I've actually worked out some different ways of doing some stuff, but still keeping them on local drives, but not using externals and just doing periodic transfers of data for some other stuff that I'm working on right now. But it's not as intensive as behind the app was. That makes sense. That was just crazy. The amount of different audio clips and stuff I was working with. Um, but I try and if I know I'm going to my co-working space, then I might, for example, leave reconcilable differences. I like editing that show in a different environment because it's just like listening to the show and then doing some other stuff, maybe playing a game or whatever, um, and just being in a different environment and getting my work done. Uh, but like, see, the thing is, uh, one of the things for me is 
I love all of my Skype relationships and meetings I have, right? I talk to people all the time. I talk to you. I talk to all my other co-hosts. I talk to sponsors. I talk to people for other, like, business calls and stuff like that. And those relationships, they kind of give me what I feel like I need in those scenarios. Like, we have Slack and iMessage and stuff to keep me engaged with people all day. Um, So I never feel like I'm, like, on my own uh I I just like the way that is rather than talking like business crap with people that I ever dislike or just don't have much of an emotional connection to. <laughs> I can understand that. Oh man. You know, and and I'm I'm still trying to find and maintain a balance with it. Um and it's a, it is a big long running theme of the last year is trying to find that balance and I'm still balancing it. But I think what a lot of people would expect that they would feel like they would miss human interaction. And people ask me that question, like, in my family life and stuff like that. Like, you know, my family are like, oh, do you not miss being around people? It's like, no, I don't. I do not miss that. Well, and I think it is really weird for you because of what you just said, that in many ways your profession is now to talk to people, you know, and to talk to people in a much more public way than most. Uh, And so you are compelled to talk to people even if you didn't have any other reason to do so. Um, whereas if, if I were to get a J-O-B job like the one I have, but working from home, I wouldn't really be compelled to talk to people outside of like I am an email, generally speaking. And so it's a little different for me, for example. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that it's any less real, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't satiate you know, your need to have human interaction. So I think you're very lucky that way, but also I think it's worked out well for you. And, um, and, and obviously the co-working space, which is something I've always kind of wanted. But I, like, I, I would love to have an area that wasn't the house and that wasn't the office that I could go to when I wanted to, I don't know, write a blog post or something like that. But I'm not going to look at Aaron and Declan and be like, well, you know what, guys, I don't feel like hanging out with you. I'm going to go somewhere else now. Like, I'm never going to do that. Plus, it's expensive. But My main problem is the distance to to my co-working space is like 45 minutes away to an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there isn't anything closer to me. Yeah, that's really, Because of where I live. It's one of the things I'm hoping will be cleared up when we buy a house. Excellent. Well, something to look forward to. Relay your first time. Yes, please. All right, this week's episode um, and this installment of Relay Your Fills is brought to you by FanDuel. Now, Casey, in mm-hmm. your area of the world, mm-hmm. it is football season. Yep, It's it about is, to begin, right? It is coming up. We are in the preseason right now. Uh, real football starts very soon. In fact, the... Uh, the opening Did of you say American football. football? You said American football, right? I said real football. Um, you said American football, yeah. That's right. well, yeah, that, that's definitely what I said. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the point is uh, college football starts this coming Saturday. I'm very, very excited about that. And uh, gosh, I forget off the top of my head when the NFL starts, but it is uh, very shortly. What is your NFL team? My NFL team is the uh, only NFL team anyone should ever really care about, which is the New York Football Giants. Um, uh, my grandfather, my mother's father, has been a Giants fan possibly since the franchise started, or if not, very soon thereafter. And um, my entire family has grown up being a fan of the Giants. And um, we were at the time we lived uh, in New York when 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 my granddad became a fan. Um, and when when my mom was growing up, you know, they were living in New York State, not too far from uh, New York City. And so 
Um, we Not only is it reasonable for us to like the Giants, but let's be honest, the Giants are the best team in football, except probably not this year, but whatever. Um, so this is not one of those situations where we're one of those uh, really annoying people that has never stepped foot in Dallas, Texas, and yet still is claiming to be the world's biggest Cowboys fan. That's not us. We all lived in New York at one point or another. We are New York football Giants, Giants fans. Do you have a favorite player? Uh, actually, not really. Um, and Aaron's favorite player, uh, who is a guy named Justin Tuck, has since been traded away from the Giants. This happened a couple of years ago, so that was very sad for us. Um, I really have been amused by Odell Beckham Jr., who um, was who gained some fame last year, I believe it was last year, when he made just a ridiculous one-handed catch um, in the middle of a game. But um, either way, I don't have any particular player that I would say is my absolute favorite. This is NFL Talk. Let's talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They are paying out over $75 million a week. That's insane. Such a large number. So this football season, that is what they're going to be doing, over $75 million a week. They have the salary cap format. You pick any players you want for just one week, and entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Now, obviously, I am not an NFL guy, right? But I was talking to a few of my friends that are, like, for example, Brad Dowdy of the Pen Addict, and I mentioned FanDuel, and he told me how much he loves FanDuel, like that they give him what he wants out of this type of stuff, and he is a big sports guy. I don't know if you knew this. This is not important for this discussion, uh, Casey, but Brad used to be a pro-am golfer. I did not know that. That's surprising. I never knew. I never would have guessed that. It's one of those things that every time he mentions, it surprises me. Uh, But because I always seem to forget it. But yeah, he used to be a golf guy. Um, But yeah, he he tells me he loves Fangio and and he uses it He's a big, big sports guy, and for me, like if you, my thing about this sort of stuff is if I, if Brad tells me he likes something with sport, then I know it's true. So, you know, if you guys are out there and you are interested in this stuff and you love the NFL, which I'm sure many of you do, I think that FanDuel is going to be the place for you. And if you enjoy it, if you love it, then let us know. I mean, we always love to know if you guys enjoy the sponsors and so i'd love to know if you sign up and and you get involved and you have a great week or something let me know maybe you can teach me a little more about the nfl so go to fanduel.com that's f-a-n-d-u-e-l.com and click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner you want to use the code analog and sign up right now and we have a special offer for new users of FanDuel, for every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play. So that will be matched up to 200 so There's a bonus offer that you can get for yourself up to $200. The offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code ANALOG. So don't forget that code ANALOG when you hit the uh, microphone button in the upper right-hand corner. And if you're hearing this right now and you're interested, then go sign up straight away. So in the first 50 people, they're going to get that offer. So, fanduel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. It doesn't matter which analog you use. It has to be the full spelling. The British spelling. Which is beautiful to me that I was able to get that arranged. Uh, But it is with the U for the NFL, for the American football fans in all of you. Why don't we relay some feels, Mike? 
This comes from Matt. Given the difficulty in affording a mortgage, what are you doing about retirement? (laughs) I think Matt is just trying to stab me in the heart. Uh, (laughs) Our generation seems screwed. Uh, Casey, I'm assuming you have one of those 401ks that I hear you Americans talk about. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, most jobs uh, will give you a place to put some sort of retirement money. Um, So, yes, I have a 401k. Um, I should be doing more to save for retirement. Um, Aaron and I have actually been diversifying a little bit lately rather than just putting money in a savings account, which anyone will tell you is a terrible idea. But we're very risk adverse, so blah, blah, blah. Suffice it to say, um, we are trying very hard to save um, any of the money that, that we earn from podcasting and kind of put that to, put that to the side for Declan, for his education, for our retirement. But uh, it's, it's petrifying because the, the longer any of all of us live, the more money you're going to need to live. And, oh, God, it's scary. Plus, in the United States, there's this kind of sort of Ponzi scheme called Social Security that may or may not even be around, even though I've been paying into it for my entire working life. It's just a disaster. So, um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But we're trying our hardest to to spend a lot less than we make. When I was at the bank, I had a pension that I contributed to for oh, a couple of years. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, I mean, when I hit 23, uh, that was when they would start contributing to a pension for me. So I started paying in. And I was paying in a good amount, and they were matching it. Uh, I haven't done anything about that pension, uh, because you have to wait till the tax year rolls around again. So soon I'll be able to do something with it. Um, And when I do, I'll try and put that amount of money into a fund. I've not been doing anything yet. My focus right now is saving for a house. Yeah. Then I'm going to start a retirement plan of some description. I'm only twenty six, seven, eight, nine. So you got it's it's tough because you got plenty of time. But the other thing is, especially with investment or investing, the the earlier you start, the more you can get your money to work for you. So it's this like double edged sword where you don't really want to think about it because it's so far in the future, but you kind of sort of have to think about it. Um, it's weird, but we're we're not doing the best job, but we're trying to get better about it. You've got other priorities, very understandably so. So, I don't know. We'll relay this feel again in a year. Or five. Kevin asked, uh, what feelings dominate your control board? Do you know what he's referring to here? I did not, but I've cheated and I've looked further down the um, the show notes. Now I do understand what's being referred to. Why don't you tell us, though? It's the movie Inside Out. So, I won't spoil it for people that haven't seen it. But uh, what what of the uh, characters' fear, joy, uh, disgust, anger, sadness? What what is uh, the head of your control board? I don't know. Um, so I f- uh, <laughs> I wonder is that a bit or is that an actual thing that you're not sure? Uh, no, I I'm not sure. I don't. What would you? How would you answer that question? Well, I would say that I have a mix between uh, joy and fear, I think, tend to be my prevailing emotions, I think, at most times. You know, I would probably agree with that, which I I will fully admit is a bit of a cop-out. Um, I don't know. I feel like all five of them, and of course I'm going to say this, but all five of them really do speak to me at different times, probably every single day. Um, if I, would, I don't if, get a lot of a sadness vibe from you. Well, everyone can be sad, but yeah. I would never call sadness a part of your personality. Well, I mean, it happens, of course, but yeah, that's fair. Um, but I mean, I get angry 
often. And plus, I love Lewis Black, who is the voice actor that did uh, that that portrayed anger. Um, I can be judgy at times, so uh, disgust I think happens from time to time. Uh, but certainly, joy and fear. I, I generally think of myself as a relatively happy guy, but. As I've said, even I think just minutes ago, if I'm not mistaken, I am extraordinarily risk adverse. I'm somewhat of a fearful guy. So I will, I will, um, totally copy your answer and take all, take your thunder and say a combination of joy and fear would probably be my answer. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, and then finally today from Thomas, what is your favorite type of pizza? If I had to pick, only one pizza to survive on for the rest of my life. It would probably be just the plain cheese pizza from John John's of Bleecker Street in Manhattan. Um, they, last I heard, they only take cash even in the year of uh, 2015. Um, they only do whole pies. They don't do slices. And it's if if memory serves, the oven is actually coal fired, so it leaves like this kind of black, probably carcinogenic dust on the bottom of the uh, pie. That is awesome. Um, every time we go to New York, um, Aaron and I try to make it to John's Bleaker, and it is the best pizza I have ever had in my entire life. That being said, that's all the way up in New York City, and if I had to choose something locally. Um, there's a place in Richmond, actually outside of Richmond called uh, two guys pizza and, um, all of their pizza is very good because guess what? It's New York style. Um, but they have one particular kind of pizza that I believe is chicken bacon ranch, which all the purists are now getting furious at me. They were all very happy with me and now they're all furious with me. Um, but their chicken bacon ranch pizza is ridiculously tasty. Um, so that would be my local choice. How about you, sir? So I don't know if I necessarily... Well, the best pizza I've ever had was in a very small pizza restaurant in Palermo in Italy. That's understandable. (laughs) Wherein, to confirm uh, with Federico, when I saw people lining up outside and could tell they were Italian, I sent him a message and said... What does it mean if an Ital- if like I can see Italian people queuing up outside a pizza place? And he rem- he responded to tell me that it, he said that it's the best pizza place in town. It's <laughs> like fair enough, best nice. pizza I've ever had. Uh, in regards to flavors, I'm also a fan of a margarita pizza, plain cheese pizza. Uh, but I have recently really got on a flavor for pepperoni. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, when Aaron and I met, there were certain things that either of us liked and disliked that the other didn't. As a silly example, Aaron used to hate tomatoes and really, really hate ketchup. Now she loves both. Um, I used to really dislike pepperoni. And I, I don't know if it's from repetition or what, but Aaron has always loved pepperoni. And over time, in the same way that I've kind of gotten her to, to eat ketchup and tomatoes, she's gotten me to eat uh, pepperoni, which I, I, I quite like. Um, I should a- add to my previous list of great pizza places. Um, who was it? Oh, uh, it might be Kyle in the chat said, I thought you were going to say Papa John's. Uh, Papa John's is my delivery pizza of choice. And in fact, that is what I had for dinner this very evening. Um, but generally speaking, in almost all scenarios, I will go to that two guys pizza place if at all possible. So that wraps it up. I think so. I feel like I need to like have a different outro. Eh, whatever. 
you do it. You do what you got to do. One step at a time. We've had major changes at the beginning of the show. We will we will let the end of the show morph on its own time. Show notes: Relay.fm, Analog Fifty Six. Thanks, sponsors: Squarespace, Hover, <laughs> FanDuel, Casey. That's me. Bye. Is this why am I supposed to fill in now? I'm so used to you doing the whole shtick. Yeah, you do it. You end it. Oh, all right. Well, uh, you can find my stuff at CaseyList, either .com or put the at sign in front on Twitter. And Mike, where can we find your stuff? Google.com. Um, just search my name. Yeah, everything on Google. The whole of Google. Mm-hmm. That's Mike's. Yep, including the new logo. My work. <laughs> Goodness. All right, Mike. I'll see you later. Goodbye, Casey Liss. That was so awkward. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll 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 shop it around. Oh goodness.